This is uh, JB. That's uh, John C. McGinley. A lot of uh, initials in this. John, I know you're a diehard baseball fan. I am. It, it goes way back. Tell us about how you came to be a baseball fan. I grew up bleeding Yankee blue when the Yankees were owned by CBS, and they were the quintessence of mediocrity. And then George Steinbrenner became the majority owner, uh, and free agency almost almost happened at the same time Mr. Steinbrenner took over the organization, and he just stocked the pond. He just started to bring in the early free agents, Andy Messersmith, Tommy John, Reggie Jackson. If you were a free agent and you were a quality free agent, you were probably up on 160, 161st Street. You were in the movie 42 as Red Barber. What did that mean to you, knowing what you love so deeply? It was a chance to play one of the top three greatest broadcasters in the history of broadcasting. It was a chance to play somebody who was at one point bigger than the game because the only way to consume Dodger baseball back in the 40s and 50s was by listening to Red Barber. Uh, Yasiel Puig is at the plate. Would you care to do a little play-by-play -play for our fans at home? Well, the, the fun thing about Puig, uh, who steps in with one strike and no balls and no outs in the bottom of the third, the fun thing about Puig is that swing is so reminiscent of a couple of classic swings. Jackie Clark up in San Francisco. Um, some of the great, in golf, it's almost like the Big Easy. Like Ernie Ells, it's such a full, beautiful swing, and he's so strong at 245. Ball and a strike now, no outs. Top of the bottom of the third, no score. The fun thing about Quig is at 245, growing up stateside, he probably would have been a linebacker in college uh, down in the SEC. But here, because he runs like a flanker, uh, he's a deer in the outfield. A ball and one strike now on Quig. 22 years old. That's the future of the Dodgers. Did you see him inject enthusiasm in the club when he showed up? I think winners and winning is contagious, just like enthusiasm. So when 66 steps in the box now and all of a sudden with seven home runs and batting almost 430, which means for every 1,000 at-bats, he gets 427 hits with two balls and a strike on Puig. Lincecum on the mound. Oh, and a full cut, and the count goes to two and two. But as far as bringing enthusiasm to the club, I think in any sport, that's what winners do, right? They do. It's, winners it's good bring to see, enthusiasm. It's good to see a Dodgers club get injected with that, get fired up about that again. Two balls and two strikes to Puig now. Linsum Kim. Count goes full with A.J. Ellis, who we found out tonight on the scoreboard it was the governor at some point or another. I think that was a trick question. We'll have to ask A.J. what, what he was the governor of. It may have been the tap at the keg, but apparently he was the governor. And we also came to find out that his one of his children, and will that drop? Yes, no. Is that Hunter Pence? Hunter Pence. Pence. Pence makes a great play you can tell on a blooper. It's all knees and elbows out By there. Puig. Pence. Pence, of course, played for the Phillies for a couple of years. Came to the Giants in time to get a ring with them. Adrian Gonzalez up now. One strike, one out. A.J. Ellis on first. Gonzo also with one of the great swings. Can't see it. A fly giving chase, and it goes foul. So a whole lot of nothing. 
Adrian will come back. AJ stays on first with two strikes, no balls, one out. Bottom of the third. Linsom still has some pop on his ball. Uh, while you continue to cover this game, I want to ask you a baseball question. If you could be one baseball player for one day, who would it have been? It's or a toss-up. It it's a toss-up. And I'll tell you why. And a stroke, and that falls fair. Moving AJ to second, and Gonzo with his almost 300 average gets to first. One out, bottom of the third. If I could be anybody in the history of baseball for just one day, it would probably be Booney, Aaron Boone, in 2003 facing the Red Sox, bottom of the 11th walk-off dinger to go play the Marlins where we'd lose. I'd either be modern day, I'd be Aaron Boone, bottom of the 11th walk-off against my hated Red Sox. <laughs> or I'd be Derek Jeter 2001 uh, with the flip to Posada. And a base hit for Henley Ramirez. And A.J. Ellis will come in to score. They have Adrian in a pickoff between second and third. He's out, but the run scores. So give Henley Ramirez his 14th RBI the season, and the Dodgers go up one nothing in the bottom of the third. Two away now. AJ slid home, he didn't need to because the play was at second where they got uh, Adrian in a pickoff. Nice piece of hitting by Ramirez. I would either be Booney in 2003 or, or DJ with the flip one. to Posada in wow. 2001. So you are Yankees through and through. Or walk off Chris Chambliss earlier. Okay. All pretty good days for the New York Yankees. Pretty great, right? Now, folks, I want you to understand what we just did to John McGinley in terms of asking him to do play-by-play -play with zero preparation. The way in which he handled that is astronomically impressive. You, and I do believe the fans don't know, you spent a, little, a day or two at Syracuse with perhaps that as a goal. <laughs> I, I, went like to on that, I went to Newhouse with the express intent of being Bob Costas or Marv Albert or Howard or the great broadcasters and they made me write copy for upperclassmen and I never got to say it so I got sick of that and I transferred down to NYU to be a storyteller of a different kind mm -hmm. and became an actor. It's time to play start, bench, cut. Uh, you're familiar with the rules, yes, Mr. McGinley? It's, it's a world-renowned game by this point, so. I am familiar. You're familiar with the rules. I will give you three items, characters, pieces of fiction, fruits, vegetables, who knows. You will have to start one of them, bench one of them, and cut one of them. Are you prepared? Start, bench, cut. Start, Fire bench, away. cut. I'm going right for the big one early. Start, bench, cut. Ernie Harwell, Mel Allen, Harry Carey. I start them all. You got to start, bench, and cut. You got to have one and one. I can't play your game. Ernie Harwell starts. Who are the other two? Mel Allen and Harry Carey. All right. I start Ernie. Uh, I bench. I cut uh, Mel because he's a stiff. Next to, next to Red, he's a stiff. And I listened to enough of him that he was a stiff. Actually, Red took over for him when he left the yep. uh, Dodgers. He went over to the Bronx, and he took over for uh, Mel. And then I bench, uh, who was our third contestant? Harry, Harry. Harry I bench. Yeah, entertainment. We go now to your the scrubs phase of your career. Okay. Start, bench, cut. J.D. Turk, the janitor. Oof. 
I start the janitor. Uh, and then I, I bench Turk. And I cut Zach because he's the most, he's the most talented of all of us, and someone's going to pick him up off the wire the quickest. That's, that's a kind cut, then. It's a kind cut because he's an animal. <laughs> he's so talented, it's embarrassing. Your Yankee days or your Yankee fandom might take a hit here. I'm a little concerned, actually. Uh, start bench cut. Mattingly, Jeter, Gehrig. I'm going to start crying. I, I start Jeter because he's my favorite. Uh, I bench Lou uh, because uh, there's, a great, there's a great monologue. There's a one-act play that uh, a guy named Miller wrote. Uh, Jason Miller wrote uh, called Lou Gehrig did not die of cancer and it's a one act that almost every actor has prepared a monologue from uh, and so I grew up doing that monologue and so I have to bench Lou and I guess I'm going to trade I'm going to trade Mattingly alright I'm going to go hang myself after this no, please don't it's just a game These I know but you're talking about people who impacted me in a profound <laughs> I, way that's, I know it's a brutal game, like life ah, and baseball. You could put a dog with fleas I, in there, no, but you're putting studs but in there. it's too easy. Can't be easy. Here we go. These next ones might be a little simpler. Uh, start, bench, cut. Quincy, House, Doogie Hauser. Quincy, House, Doogie Hauser. I'm, I'm trading Doogie Hauser because... Because... Uh, best reason. House, I'm benching... Because uh, he bit my rap as Dr. Cox. And Jack Klugman is uh, one of my favorite actors. So he yeah, starts. Absolutely. Finally, Wall Street, Sesame Street, 21 Jump Street. I'm trading uh, 21 Jump Street. Uh, I'm starting Wall Street, and I'm benching Sesame Street. Sounds like a fine day. I would also like to point out to our fans, you are so generous and kind in your nature that you turned our phrase cut into trade. Sorry. It's okay. No, I think it's a, it's a testament to who you are. One of my favorite baseball quotes is Gary Templeton when he was named uh, to the all-star team. And obviously the Wizard of Oz was going to start. And Templeton, who was a stud down in San Diego, found out that uh, he was going to come in and play backup to uh, the Wizard of Oz. He said, if I ain't starting, I ain't departing. <laughs> And so he didn't go to that all-star game. If I ain't starting, I ain't departing. That's a fine quote. Right? That's a, I appreciate that. And you know, that's somebody who really knows what he's if about right there. I ain't starting, I ain't departing. Oh, man. Time now for John C. McGinley to take our three-up, three-down challenge. I will bring up three topics. You will lay down three baseball terms. Uh, can you read those out so our fans know what you have to choose from? Moneyball, punch-out, triple crown, grand slam, Pickle, choke, meat, jacked, MVP. All right. Let's start with 1996 New York Yankees. Grand Slam. All right. Short Hills, New Jersey. Oh, triple crown. Triple crown for Short Hills. That's where I grew up. Break it down. Is there, are there three particular facets, or just you just love it? Um, it was a great, it's a suburb of New York where a lot of Wall Street guys uh, commuted into the city. And it was kind of a great place to uh, grow up. And you could mow lawns as a kid and, and shovel people's driveway. And 
and you were allowed to ride your bike to school, and it was safe, and it was great. And our house was where everybody in the neighborhood came over to eat. And so my father bought a huge round uh, pine table with a lazy Susan in the middle. And so there, I have five brothers. There's five children in my family, but there was always another three or four kids at the table. So there'd be nine jackasses at the table, and my mother would never let anybody touch the lazy Susan for seconds until you cleared your plate. So some kid, you know, like uh, Tag Gross, who was a friend of mine, would go to t touch the table, and my mother would go, Tag, is your plate clean? And he'd be like, no, Mrs. McGinley, there's still some lima beans. She's like, well, then you can't touch the lazy Susan, can you? And Tag would be like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. It's great. <laughs> lazy Susan. Greatest thing ever. Eat your lima beans. I don't touch the lazy Susan. I believe, by the way, uh, time spent with you, we have more of the most valuable quotes we've ever had, just <laughs> you know, thus far. Uh, I would have to say, let's go with the beginning of your performance career as your final, your, your three up, three down. As the Giants are finally retired, let's finish on a strong one, the beginning of your career. The beginning, I was jacked. Okay. Because I got to understudy John Totoro in a John Chanley play called um, uh, Dating the Deep Blue Sea. And John Chanley had just won an Academy Award for Moonstruck. He wrote Moonstruck. And I got to understudy uh, John, uh, 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 John Totoro, who's one of the great actors of my generation. And for six months, I got to, I was the assistant stage manager, and I understudied John. And I finally got to go on when John went to do Desperately Seeking Susan with Madonna. And I was jacked. That's John C. McGinley. That's three up, three down. So, John, I know you love baseball, but I also know that, and you've had tremendous success in the entertainment field, but a big part of what that means is you've been doing great things with that voice, which I think is invaluable to the world. Uh, Special Olympics has been a big part of it. Uh, National Down Syndrome Society. What's, what do you have going on right now that I know you're working on and giving back? Um, the Global Down Syndrome Foundation and the Special Olympics are, are folks that I'm affiliated with at this point. And at the Special Olympics, a couple of years ago at the World Winter Games in Boise, Idaho, uh, one component of every World Winter Games and World Summer Games is a youth leadership conference. Okay. And some of the athletes get together and start to hit around subjects that are impacting their lives. And it came up that the R word, or retard and retarded, was something that kids around the planet they were being subjected to and assaulted with. And so they came up with a campaign called Spread the Word to End the Word. Okay. And it's something that uh, the Special Olympics has really run with. And it's a viral campaign where we try to get people to uh, get on board with this and take the pledge to spread the word to end the word, which is the R word. Because the R word, which is retard and retarded, perpetuates a negative stigma about a population of people that has done nothing wrong to mm -hmm. anybody. And they're being stigmatized by language that nobody has any right to use. Right. It's just like the N-word that Jackie Robinson was subjected to or any other exclusionary language of a population that, that we have no right to do. I'm about elevating people and advocating for people with Down syndrome and people with special needs. And so when people get a chance to get involved with us in the Special Olympics and the Global Down Syndrome Foundation, We'd like them to spread the word to end the word. Spread the word to end the word. Is yeah. there is there a website, a URL? Where once, we go? You go, once you go to the specialolympics.org, you'll find spread the word to end the word. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great way to include and elevate people with special needs. And why wouldn't you? 
Why wouldn't you? It's about love and inclusion. That's where I want to be. I want to be on that team. I think uh, we, we want to be there with you. Thanks for having us. Thank you, man. Cheers.